0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe.
1: Hello, Raider Nation! Welcome to Believe in Raiders Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackman. Please be joined by former Raider great Stanford Rad.
0: Stan, how we doing? Pretty good, pretty good, man. Uh, we're 3-3 three and three right now. Uh, looking to get a W this week against the Chicago Bears. Hopefully 4-3 and three by the end of this week. As you oh. mentioned,
1: the, Ra- the Raiders head to Chicago on Sunday to take on the Bears. The Silver and Black have a wonderful opportunity to make it three in a row. Uh, once again, though, the Raiders will be without starting quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll get to that a little bit later. But, Stan, let me begin by asking you, the Raiders are 3-3. Three and three. They've won two in a row. How good is this team right now, do you think?
0: Oh, uh, I would still go and say they're exactly what the record says they are. They're 3 and 3. So they're a 500 team. They're average. Mediocre. They're not great, they're not horrible. They're right there in the middle. Um, so that's pretty much I think many people would agree with me when I say this at the 6 game mark. A lot of people did not expect the Raiders to be 500. Mm. 1 and 5, 2 and 4, something like that. So that's a step up. That's an accomplishment. That's something to give you a minimal amount of optimism, uh, for even though those wins obviously were against who the Patriots, the Packers, you know, uh, the Broncos. So, uh, definitely they're not that they're not out there beating juggernauts, but like I said, imagine if they were with six, I feel like the sky, the sky was falling out. So, uh, when you ask that question, what are they? I would just say they're exactly what the record says. They are the 500 ball club. They're average.
1: Yes. And those, uh, Wins have come against, like you said, the Broncos, Packers, Patriots. They combined for four wins. Um, yeah. But look at Sam parity rules right now in the NFL. I mean, the, I looked this up. The Raiders are one of seventeen teams who have either two wins or three wins. We know there's no more undefeateds, mm-hmm. and the Panthers are the only winless team right now. So look, I mean, if if you're two wins, three wins, you're right in the thick of things. I mean, I know we've got a long ways to go in this season, but Stan, I got to believe nine wins in either the AFC or NFC is getting you in. Do uh, the playoffs this year. Nine and eight, I would think, would get you in with uh, with everybody just bunched up together for the most part. Yeah,
0: I think that's a pretty safe assessment or should I say prediction? I think that uh when you really look right now, uh what are the Texans? They're three and three. Rookie quarterback, CJ Stroud, who's actually playing pretty well, uh, uh exceeding a lot of people's expectations that they had of him throughout the first month and a half of the season. And you look at the Detroit Lions. They're five and one. Obviously, they're a good ball club. Everybody knows that. But, Are they really a contender? You know, and I think that uh, when you just go across the board from AFC through the NFC, that it's still too early to really tell who is who. Because the Cincinnati Bengals have stumbled out the gate. Mm -hmm. They've kind of caught their footing. You know, they beat the Cardinals. They beat the Seahawks. Obviously, the Seahawks are a pretty good team. They're not great, but the Seahawks are a good team. Uh, And you look at the 49ers. They lose to the Deshaun Watson list. Cleveland Browns you look at the Philadelphia Eagles losing to Zach Wilson and the New York Jets Uh, you look at the Dallas Cowboys getting blasted by the Arizona Cardinals Uh, you know so I think that when you just so far early on in the season I think it's tough to really assess who's good who's not I think that once you get to Thanksgiving that's when teams start to separate themselves as far as okay you know what I know they're good I know they're bad Oh, uh, so I, right now I think it's still too early to tell. I think the season is still too premature because we still have not hit the halfway point.
1: Right, any given Sunday, anybody can knock off anybody, and we've learned that through the first six weeks of the season. All right, let's get our sponsorship read in, and then we'll get to uh, Jimmy G and who should be quarterback in the Raiders against the Bears. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for the baseball playoffs, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action remember to use the promo code believe for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts i think i've read that so many times i could do it in my sleep but i still can't i still gotta read it all right stan we talked about it earlier no jimmy g on sunday though so that means either the rookie aiden o'connell who started against the chargers in week three or they go to the veteran backup brian hoyer who came on in the second half on sunday and led the offense to two field goals so stan if you're coaching the raiders who's your starting quarterback on sunday in chicago
0: Oh, man, I, I feel like you got to go with Aiden O'Connell. I feel like, uh, you know, right now the Raiders, are they, they, they're kind of like at a crossroads. And you got to ask yourself, do you really want to build for the future or do you just want to go ahead and tread water right now? And I think you know what you already have within Hoyer. He's been more of a journeyman all throughout his career. He knows the system. He's been around Josh McDaniels for a long time. But you know what he is. You know what you're getting with him. With Aiden O'Connell, he's a young guy. Who knows? He may turn out to be a, a young phenom if you just simply give him the opportunity, put him in there, not have him worrying about, is he going to be pulled? Is somebody else going to come in to spell and things like that? So I'm at a point right now, especially with this Raiders roster, and we know that the Raiders defense is not a juggernaut. They played pretty well over the last couple of weeks, but it's been against Mac Jones, Jordan Love, not exactly Pat Mahomes or Justin Herbert or Lamar Jackson. So. That's why I feel like let's roll the dice. Let's see what you got with him because I think you would agree with me on this. Maybe nine and eight, maybe just maybe slipping in the playoffs in the seventh seed, but the Raiders are not contending with the Chiefs. They're not contending with the Bills. We saw that in week two. They're not contending with the Bengals of the world or even the Dolphins. So that's why. I'm of the mindset, let's go ahead and try to see what we have this season. That way we know if we can just simply go ahead and part ways with Jimmy G after the year's over with, be in line to start looking to draft a quarterback uh, high in next year's draft, or just simply go out and uh, go to war with Aiden O'Connell going
1: forward. All right, Sam, so I'm going to disagree with you just for this reason. If the Raiders were 1-5, I'd be like, you know what, this is a lost season. And you're right. Let's see what we got in Aiden O'Connell. Let's see if he could perhaps be the Raiders quarterback of the future. Or you know what? We got to go find somebody in the draft. It's not Aiden O'Connell and it's not Jimmy G. We, Like you said, we know what Brian Hoyer is. I think he's at this point, maybe a game. Let's call him a game manager. Is that fair? Say he's a game manager.
0: Yeah, 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 that's pretty fair.
1: OK, so the Raiders are three and three. If they can get a win in Chicago, they are favored. I think they can do it. The following week is at Detroit. That's more than likely a loss, Stan. So, okay, let's just say that puts it at four and four, okay? Yeah. Then the next two weeks is the Giants and the Jets at home. I can't remember what the order is. But those are two winnable games also, Stan. So now, yeah, you, could they are. Looking, now you could be looking at six and four. So I don't yep. quite know what I have in Aiden O'Connell on Sunday. I mean, he at times, yeah, he played well against the Chargers, but he also turned it over three times, which led to 14 points for the Chargers. He also had the pick uh at the goal line which would have tied the game so it, look if it was a long stretch if we knew jimmy g was going to be out three four games sitting no, i'm with you i'd be like let's roll the dice with Nate o'connell hopefully it's just one game and i say go brian hoyer because you know what you got i'm sure this is going to be a low scoring game somewhere around 17 14 maybe 16 13 that the raiders can squeak out so that's what i would just go brian hoyer for this week
0: i get it I get it, and okay. you know now that I, I really sit and I actually, I, I actually examine the schedule. The Bears—that's a win, or that can be a really win. Right. The Lions uh, I'm probably to be <laughs> <laughs> The Giants and the Jets.
1: Right. I remember, the a year, lost,
0: I remember a couple years ago they went to the Meadowlands. I'm sorry, they went to MetLife Stadium and lost to the Giants, a yes. game that they shouldn't have lost to. And then we got the Jets, Zach Wilson. Obviously a good defense. Who knows? Right. Who knows? And then you got the dolphins going into the Thanksgiving part of the month in November. And uh, uh, Al Davis said just win, baby, and he believes in speed kills. Man, Miami has a lot of speed. And goodness. Devon A-Chain will probably be back by then. So, you know, that's going to be a very tough game. Then the Chiefs, <laughs> they they have the same amount of team speed as the Miami Dolphins. And then you look at the Minnesota Vikings, they might be tanking it, getting ready to go ahead and just rebuild all the way by then. The Chargers, that's always going to be a tough one. The mm-hmm. Chiefs again, the Colts, and then you finish up with the Broncos. So I get it. I get what you're saying. I get it. Right. And that's why there's a part of me that, yeah, You know, let go ahead and just go with with Hoyer. But something about the Raiders that I've come to experience over the last several years is that they can easily beat Chicago. Doesn't mean they will. They can go out there, lay an egg out there in the Windy City. They're going to be going now, what is it, two time zones over. Mm -hmm. You know how that is. Kickoff is going to be at 12 o'clock Central Time, 10 o'clock Vegas Time. And the Raiders do not usually travel east well. They don't. That's what makes me nervous. So, yeah, I get it. From the layout of the schedule, yeah, you could go with Brian Hoyer, and you could wind up being 9-8. And, and I think 9-8 will probably get you into the playoffs. So, I, I, trust me, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. And now that i examine the schedule intuitively, I'm almost, I'm almost ready to lean your direction.
1: We'll see. The crazy thing also is, Stan, that what Hoyer's – the Raiders' longest pass play of the year was Hoyer last Sunday to uh, the rookie Trey Tucker for 48 yards. Look, Stan, who's ever quarterback on the Raiders on Sunday? they got to get the ball to Devontae Adams. I mean, the last two weeks, Adams – I'm looking at these numbers. He's targeted just nine times, six catches for 74 yards. Stan, he should be doing that in the first half alone. I mean, you look at the first four games of the year, he was targeted 50 times at 29 catches. I mean, Stan, I think it's pretty obvious that the Raiders – want to go out and finally get this offense on track, it starts with getting number 17 the ball.
0: Yes, you have to get him the ball. You have to go ahead and try to set up Ways to get him the ball, whether it is a screen, whether it is the Jerry Rice route that uh that many people call it where you got the receiver who goes in motion, and as soon as he passes the tight end or the tackle on the end, he just runs that little quick out. It's you know good for about two to three yards. He used to run it a lot in Green Bay whenever they were near the end zone, which would be those touchdowns. And it's very it's almost impossible for a corner to be able to run with you all the way across the uh across the ball to the other side of the offense and then be able to. Beat you to that spot right there before you get to the pylon or just like I said swing passes or just simply get the ball from center and then throw it outside right now let him go ahead get the ball in his hands for a lot of receivers they need to get the ball early because that's what gets them in a rhythm same thing for quarterbacks now just to go ahead for anybody on the show that obviously watched the game against New England just a couple of days ago I have to say this yes Obviously, he had pedestrian numbers against the New England Patriots, but you got to give the New England Patriots a little bit of credit because let's go ahead and remember, late in the first quarter, Jabril, Jabril Peppers, oh. you that hit. <laughs> I'm talking about the ball went straight up in the air. Mm-hmm. So that was a catch that Devontae Adams had, And obviously Jabril uh, uh, Peppers puts his head, his helmet on the ball, goes straight up in the air. Phenomenal play by him. Obviously we know Devontae Adams is, even if you dislike him, the third best receiver in the NFL. So obviously no shade to him. But yes, I do think that uh, they're going to have to make a point. They're going to have to make it a priority to try to get him involved early. That way he can be into a rhythm.
1: All right, Stan, uh, put your uh, defensive coordinator hat on for me and, the Bears are going to be without starting quarterback Justin Fields, who's out with a dislocated thumb on his throwing hand. So in his place, they're going to roll with a guy named Tyson Baggett, I believe is how he pronounces his last name. He's a rookie out of, and I've never even heard of this school, and I've heard of a lot of schools, Shepard University. And his last start came in the Division II semifinals. It was a year ago against the, I'm not lying, the Colorado School of Mines. He was 19 of 34, 165 yards, no touchdowns, a couple of picks, sacked eight times and his team lost by 30 points and i also read his dad is a former arm wrestling champion for what it's worth so stan we don't know anything about this guy hopefully the raiders have seen a little bit of film uh when he came in and played last week against the vikings Uh, if you're patrick graham how do you attack this guy
0: oh obviously you got to confuse him i would go ahead and i would blitz him i would light him up that way he has to get the ball out quick he's got to process everything very very quickly Uh, I would never give him the same look twice. I would do my best to make sure that we go ahead and take advantage of his lack of experience, take advantage of the simple fact that he has not seen all of the defensive looks that one may have seen after being in the NFL for a certain number of years. He definitely got to take advantage of that, try to get this W because then you can be four and three going into the Detroit Lions game, which we know is going to be a very tough, tough game to try to win. So you want to try to stack up The games that you are favored to win, that way you can kind of pad yourself against those really tough divisional ones. I'm sorry, the tough games uh, on your schedule, but I I definitely would uh, try to confuse him, try to uh, light him up, speed up his clock, and then that way hopefully you can go ahead and uh, fall into some sacks and even some easy interceptions or turnovers.
1: Stan, do you just basically stack the box and dare him, dare the Bears to throw the ball? Do you just basically blitz from everywhere, like you said, to confuse him? Is it a combination of both?
0: It's a combination of both. I think that uh, for a lot of quarterbacks, and, and many have told me this, that if a team comes out showing man coverage, that's the easiest uh, defense for them to pick apart because oh, if it's man coverage, I already know where I'm going with the ball before I even get the ball from center. So you want to try to confuse him. I'm thinking more along the lines of some simulators where you want to show like you're blitzing, but you're still only rushing four. And then you have one of the defensive linemen drop back uh, in the covers, things like that, where he has to actually survey the field. He, he has to survey exactly what's happening be able to diagnose it. You want to have some zone blitzes, some zone dogs, some fire zone, things like that. You don't want to give him the same look twice. I think that if you come up and you just simply crowd the line of scrimmage, I get what you're saying from that perspective. But for a lot of quarterbacks, that's easy for them to dissect and decipher because, okay, they're running man coverage. Now, I just simply got to put the ball where it needs to be it. I got to be accurate. But when I see... Too, when I see too high, when I see split safeties, and then all of a sudden I now go and, and uh, do a play-action fake. Well, I'm turning my back to the defense for a split second. Mm-hmm. When I now come back to survey the field, the field could, cha- could change. They now went from split safety to now single high. Well, now I got to go ahead and read that. I got to put that ball over the linebacker and under the safety, and I have to do that a multitude of times for us to move down the field successfully to score a touchdown. So you want to always make sure the quarterback has to process. That's the difference between the great quarterbacks and the good ones. You have to be able to process in nanoseconds by the time Max Crosby and the rest of those boys up front are coming. So that's why crowding the box, I understand it, because you're you're forcing them to beat you with their arm. Mm-hmm. But it makes it easy to decipher what they're doing because everybody is crowded up to the line of scrimmage.
1: Well, I'm sure Max Crosby hopefully will live in that backfield and pick up a couple sacks and some more tackles for loss. All right, Stan, we, uh, one of our loyal listeners, Bill in Los Angeles, he wants to know why refereeing is so inconsistent. And I said it's – to me it's, it varies from crew to crew. Uh, you played this game for eight years. You also coach uh, University of Houston. I know college and pro are different. But go back to your playing days, Stan. Uh, what do you think? Is it because it's, it varies from crew to crew? Is that why it's so inconsistent?
0: Because it's all based on perception. And at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you something. At the end of the day, referees are what? Human. Sure. And everybody who's a human, I don't care who you are, everybody who's a human has their own certain level of bias. They have their own certain level of of perception. They have their own certain level of partialness. And I remember years ago, this is, I believe, was in 2008 uh, back when I was with the Oakland Raiders. And it was a game. We had D'Angelo Hall and Namdi al were our mm-hmm. starting corners. And I remember we were playing the Buffalo Bills out there at Orchard Park. And I remember our, our, our DB coach, Darren Perry, a uh, f- fantastic player for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a number of years, also a good coach. And I remember he told us before the game, he said, hey guys, listen, just want to let you guys know uh, the uh, the referee, the uh the I think they call him the back judge or the side judge, whatever, who's really looking at the receivers and the DBs as far as uh their coverage. He told him, he said, "Hey guys, listen, he's a fan of both of you guys. He's gonna let you play a little bit. Oh wow! So he's gonna he's gonna give you a little bit of the tugging, a little bit of the grabbing. He's gonna give you that a little bit because he's a fan of you two. You see what I'm trying to say? Wow. So think about if you see." a referee who's a fan of a certain receiver. They'll let that receiver get away with a little push off from time to time things like that. And so I think for a lot of fans they get annoyed because it's inconsistent like you just said. But fans are humans. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Referees are humans. They're humans. They're not computers. They're humans so we oftentimes as humans, we don't even realize our bias. We don't even realize our partial We don't realize our perception because my perception may not be the same as yours. And I think that's what a lot of times we as humans don't realize that. And fans get annoyed by that. So uh, obviously, that may not be something that they want to hear, but that is the honest to God truth that at the end of the day, uh, referees are fans, referees are human. And yeah, if it's one of their favorite players, because they watch football as fans as well, if it's somebody that they've always, been a fan of, you know what? Hey, they might let him go ahead and get away with it a little bit. <laughs> and if you're a young rookie or an unproven player and you get uh you get entangled with a star receiver, who do you think is getting that call?
1: Exactly. The star receiver, <laughs> baby. <every time. laughs> Stanley, so, yeah, talk, so, yeah. how often did you go up and talk to refs or like you said, a side judge or back judge? Uh just to say hello, maybe get a little schmoozing in there to see if maybe it could help you during the game.
0: Oh, yeah, you definitely would always do that in pregame. You just go up, just talk to them, kind of pick their brain. And I, I would ask them, be like, hey, guys, so, you know, uh, how do you feel about uh so-and-so who likes to push off a lot? And they'll be, like, okay, you know what, we'll take that in consideration. You know, we'll be on the lookout for that during the game, just to go ahead and kind of get a feel. And sometimes you'll just ask them, hey, like, do you consider – you know, a tug by the jersey, like, do you consider that me impeding his progress? Do you consider that me gaining an advantage? Do you consider that a, a flaggable personal uh uh pass interference type of penalty? And a lot of times they'll actually sit there and they'll talk to you and they'll actually tell you what they view as pass interference, what they don't view as pass interference and things like that. So you definitely want to get a feel for the referees before the game. That way you can know how to play within the confines of how they're going to officiate the game. Absolutely.
1: All right, Stan, final question. It's prediction time now uh, for the Raiders and the Bears on Sunday. As you mentioned, it's a 10 a.m. start uh, out here on the West Coast. Are the Raiders going to make it three in a row, Stan?
0: I hope the Raiders do because they're going against uh, what's all presumably a young, inexperienced quarterback, not named Justin Fields. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Raiders to win. I would say 24-17.
1: All right, Stan. 24 points would be a season high for yes. the Raiders. I, Stan, I don't even know if the Raiders will get there. I feel like somewhere around 20. Uh, I'm thinking 20 to 16. I'm, I I, haven't picked with the Raiders very often, but I am going to go with him uh, on Sunday. I don't care who's quarterback and whether it's Aiden O'Connell or whether it's Brian Hoyer. I do think the Raiders have a little bit more talent than the Bears. I don't think the Bears are very good. Hopefully, I'm not jinxing things, but I like the Raiders. I'll say 20 to 16, Stan. Uh, okay. I, I like the silver and black. One more thing. Have you heard of Shepherd University, say, uh, Stan? Uh, no, no, I have not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm I not alone, been. man. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag. For our partner, Stanford Rout, I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts find the coffin corner.